You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Hey, everybody. It's Wednesday night. Time for American Winer on podcastdetroit.com. How's everybody doing? All right. My guest tonight... uh, it's a, it's kind of we were just talking before we went we came on the air and uh, we're actually starting a little early tonight because I was like this conversation is just we might as well just fucking start because this is going so well. Um, but uh, it's kind of a full circle uh, type show tonight because my guests are the uh, hosts of uh, Geekpedia, uh, which uh, aired on Podcast Detroit uh, back in 2016, and you guys are the reason that I heard about this place and ended up starting American Winery a year ago. So, oh, hello everybody. Yeah, this is Brian and Chad from. Oh, I, th- I thought we were starting a Geekipedia show again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you said when you walked in. I was like, well, here's what we're going to do. And, and, uh, you know, kind of the structure. And, and you were like, yeah, we'll probably just end up taking over the show. So <laughs> I, I was thinking about actually just in- interrupting you and he's like, hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I was waiting for it. I'm like, what the fuck are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? I mean, it's been a while. It's actually been a while. It feels good to be set in the seat again, I guess. Yeah. You know? Were you guys in this studio? Was this your studio? Nope. It no? was on uh, that one. The street there. there. Oh, no, one? Back studio one. one. The oh. back studio over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a pretty good uh, good time. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed listening to you. I was on a night shift at the time, and I was, uh, I you know, I had run out of all Mark Marin podcasts and uh, Joe Rogan interviews that I was interested in and other things, and then I found out my, a buddy of mine was 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 uh, appearing on this podcast uh, out of Royal Oak, and I was like, oh, I already freaking am familiar with these guys, too. They're from South Line, too, yeah, so... Yeah. So I guess we'll talk about that. I, I'm. It's kind of weird because I've known who you guys are, but y- even like going back to like high school. But you like when I shook Chad's hand out in the parking lot, you were like, "Nice to meet you." And I was like, "I've known who you are for twelve, fourteen years now." So I was kind of like, yeah. "It's kind of you know." But uh, we'll, we'll just, <laughs> so we'll just start talking about that because uh, I've I've I, th- I think the first time I met you guys was uh, working at Irwin's haunted house. That was when. Like I first became familiar with you and you guys, we were all monsters there. I it was the would have been the fall of '04 and I would have been that was my senior. It was actually no, it was the fall of '03 because I hadn't graduated yet. It was my senior year. Okay. That's when it was. And I remember Chad, you were a cannibal, and Brian, I don't remember what monster you were, but I do remember you because of your beard and your hair. Yeah. So <laughs> I was uh, I was a vampire for most of the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, the hair I remember, but the beard I don't remember. I had a goatee. Yeah, you had a goatee for a little while, but. When you were the vampire, I never had like a like a good. Yeah, beard you had like a pube beard, it looked like a bunch of pubes. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what they are anyway? I mean, it, it, it is, it is, but it actually looked like a ball sack at that time. Now it actually looks like a beard. It was a long ball sack, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, Chad, you were saying you, you did the haunted house there for fifteen freaking years. Fifteen I, years, they closed down for a little bit of it, but. I never knew that it was even around that long. I would uh, have that, been trying to do it more I often. I mean, I'll tell you right now, that's been around since the 80s, oh, late yeah, 80s. Yeah, yeah. It's been over over 30 years. Over. Yeah, they uh, they took a break there for a few years, and then uh, then they came back. Well, they were trying to sell the, the orchard. Yeah, they had and a whole thing with the orchard going on. And it wasn't successful, so they just figured to bring everything back. Yeah. I mean, it was a good time. 15 years. I mean, that place changed so much. Yeah, definitely. So much. And I had a blast every year. I mean, I I would have to say my best years there were the last years that they were open, oh, which really? were like the four or five years because I was I've been there for so long and they knew me for so long. 
I just kind of ran and did whatever I wanted to. Right, I, right. I, I just gotta say, he made someone shit themselves. Yeah, there were some other stories that we've got. So I guess we'll start with this, the the uh, the the shitting themselves story. And then, well, which uh, which which one? I mean, I <laughs> all I know is themselves. that she shit herself. I think it was a woman. Oh, it was a chick. Yeah, I jumped out. Um, it was at the very beginning of the maze. It was a corn maze, and she come running through. They come running through the corner, and I was in like almost plain daylight. Like I could, you could see me walking around the corner. The only thing that was hiding me in the corn was a strobe light. Mm-hmm. It would kind of blind people coming around the corner. And I just jumped out and did a scary, Rrr. oh, my God, I shit myself. I fucking <laughs> shit myself. And her friend looks at her and goes, what? What you do? She goes, I think I fucking shit myself. I'm with her other friends. Like, I can smell it. <laughs> and she started walking along. Well, there's another guy that would jump out. And he'd kind of like, da, 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 da. But he did his da, da, da. Oh, my God. Someone shit themselves. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Have fun, ladies. Oh Disgusting. My God. And you were a cannibal for the, the was you pretty much the whole the same costume the whole time. Um, I did a few different shots. Only not on Halloween he's a cannibal. <laughs> wait, wait, on Halloween I'm normal. Yeah. <laughs> Any other day, because I said I'm a cannibal. But uh, no, I I when I went back, um, I was a zombie. I was a cannibal. Um, I did Jason Voorhees for a while. Um, I did one of people loved was the um. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, okay, Leatherface. Yeah. Leatherface. I had a complete outfit that was. Literally look like the one from the remakes. Mm-hmm. So, not only that, he has a mask that uh, is a complete replica of the original uh, second film. The oh, second th- film actually done by the guy who made it. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's, it was yeah. how'd you how'd you get that? Got it from that you, asshole. Oh, you actually got it from him? Huh? Yep, uh, Tom Savini. Oh no yeah. shit! I just like to set on record that guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, is he really? I, I, lo- I looked up to that guy my entire life because I love special effects, doing special effects and that sorts. Yeah, and he. Um, Definitely, uh, when I got the chance to meet him, he came to the Motor City Comic Con, mm-hmm. and I wanted to ask a couple questions. He's like, "Go to the website." Yeah, that's oh, all. Really? That's all he would tell me. Yeah, he said talk. it like three fucking times. It was so annoying. It was just like he just didn't want to talk to anybody. He said, "Whatever, just go to the website." Unless you had tits, oh, yeah, he yeah. didn't care to talk uh, to you. Okay. If you were a fan, he said, "Fuck you." If you were, if you were a piece of ass that he might get, he would it, he would invite you. in. Totally lost respect for the guy after that. Like. Here's a giant fan wants to talk to you, and you're just blowing him off. Yeah. The only, the only oh, that thing that sucks. was worth it is I bought the mask, and he signed it. To be honest with true, I didn't care if he signed it or not, uh-huh. but he just pulled it from my hand and signed it. Mm-hmm. I just like it because I love the the, ta- the, the chainsaw movies. So. Yeah, yeah, but we got we went to uh, the Motor City Nightmares. We've gone every year now, except I think, I think for maybe, what, one uh, that we didn't go to. We yeah, went from the very first one all the way to now, and uh, they had Toby Hooper there. Oh, yeah. It was, supposed to, it was supposed to be um, – George Romero. George Romero. And, but he ended up canceling, so they got Toby Hooper. And that was still freaking awesome, too. Yeah, yeah. So he took his mask, and he got that signed by the creator of Texas. I got Saints, signed by the creator. So. I got signed by Caroline Willis, yep. which was well, the actress, actress in the second film. Second film yep. I, got it. I got signed by the whole crew. Nice. Yeah. Um, I even Collector's got, item. Oh, it's it's amazing. I, I usually carry it around with me on, when I'm doing like the whole leather face for the haunted house. Yeah. I used to have it tied down to my belt or something, uh-huh. so I'd have kind of like a show on it. And that was one of the funnest jobs. I mean, running around. I Jake Towers. I scared him so bad he dropped, almost broke his leg. Yeah, tell us that story. It was- Fox Two News, I guess, was going the haunted house, the haunted house, the haunted house, and they were doing a little report on each one of them. And <laughs> they were kind of what they would do is they do the report where they go through <laughs> the haunted house and then do a report on it and put it in there. And um, so 
I was Leatherface, and the way the cornfield was set up was we had um, smog machines, fog machines in there. So it kind of gave this really cool eeriness, but it could hide you. Mm-hmm. And I grew up forever on farmland and ran around in cornfields and horse farms and shit of that sort. So I my, my big ass can get through them without being heard, you know. <coughs> so I knew they were coming through, and so they were coming through, and I jumped out, got them scared, got them start running around the corner. And that was my, they came around this corner and didn't hear me disappear. I turned the chainsaw and everything else. Chainsaw, chainsaw off. They came around the other corner and I'm sitting in this big smog mess mm-hmm. and they're coming right at me. And as soon as it was like, it, it was meant to be. The wind started blowing away the smog and it just started blowing away just enough where you can kind of see my silhouette. And I started the chainsaw, and they were right there in front of my face. <laughs> he tried to turn around to get out of the way, and he ended up stumbling and falling and twisting his leg up. He almost broke it. Oh, my God. I didn't know about this. I, I didn't really know it was Jay Towers at first, being dark out, not really paying attention, having a mask on. Well, the next weekend, someone brought the newspaper in saying, Chad, you're in it. I'm like, what do you mean I'm in it? They're like, you almost killed Jay Towers. I'm like... Son of a bitch, if I knew it was, I would have. <laughs> yeah, then your name would have been in the paper. Wouldn't it have just been the freaking uh, the Leatherface guys? Yeah, like no. this. <laughs> it was it was a good time, man. I loved working there, and I'm sad that it's gone now, but yeah. it kind of pushed me to doing other costumes. I mean, I do uh, dress up as a monster now for a band called Creeping Chaos. So I've been uh, doing that for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. Is that your only endeavor at the moment for the costume sort of? Costume stuff, yeah. I would love to get into other haunted houses, but, I mean, I've had enough problems trying to get into them. And for how many years I've done it, mm-hmm. I'm not going to want to park cars or do stupid shit like that. I want right. to go and show people I can scare. Uh, Brian, what have, what have, uh, what kind of, like, what, what was your greatest scare, I guess, when you worked at the haunted house? Do you have a story? Because I, I have one that I can tell in a minute here. But it um, wasn't at Irwin's, but. I don't. I can't really think of the greatest scare, but I can tell you multiples. Okay. That was my first night was they put me, uh, I was a vampire blood all in my mouth and going down in front of me, but they put me in front where everyone buys their tickets and shit. And I'm like, you know, it kind of, I'm like, this kind of sucks. But at the same time I said, fuck it. And so I'm, I'm like sneaking up behind people, dude. I was, I was scaring groups of people. Uh-huh. The best people to, to focus on are women. Oh yeah. To be honest, yeah. it's yeah. just, you just focus on them, and you, they just scream. Gets everyone else to scream, and I was getting groups of people in line, just scattering around everywhere, just scaring them, and it was a blast. And I don't, I don't want to sound racial or anything of sorts, but the funnest are the gay black guys. <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot of them. You, you, it's it's hilarious when you're doing haunted houses because my last monster I did was a zombie, mm-hmm. so that was probably my by far funnest dress up. And I had prosthetics and all that stuff. And black gay men and women were the funnest because you get a gay black guy, you scare the shit out of him. He'll he'll run for a mile. Yeah. He'll never stop. <laughs> well, they actually react. You know, I mean, like what I mean, I I when I walk through a haunted house, like I might get startled, but I'm not going to scream and lose my shit. You know, what I mean, yeah, you, you got to hold your 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 hard assness. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> I'm, a I'm a bad ass. This don't scare me. Well, but the thing is, is is uh. Yeah, the, 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 that's the whole point of it. That's the fun is of being the monster is you get the reaction out of those people. Yeah. So that, it makes sense. Like why I'm like, well, now I know why the monsters in the horror movies go for the women, right? So yeah. it, <laughs> like, I mean, it, it just it makes it more fun. Yeah. It's the opposite though, because the gay black men run, the black women will swing at you. 
I, I actually I have a story. I worked at uh, the slaughterhouse in uh, Fowlerville for a couple of years, and um, I was my room. I was Satan. I would sit at a desk and offer people contracts for their souls, and then when they would lean in, I'd hit a uh, an air pressure switch on the floor, and a corpse would jump out of the desk and scare them. And then as they walked down the hallway, they ran out down this hallway. I had a uh, another uh, a button that I would press that was uh, sounded like gunshots, and I started one time. I had a group of of, uh, of black people. And they they ran out and I hit the, the the gunshot thing and they all were like they freaked out and they were like you don't do that to fucking black people. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, um, but uh, but yeah. The, so the I'm trying to think because I was uh, when I first started out in Irwin's I was the alien. I don't know if you guys remember the tunnel room. At yeah. the, it was the very last yeah. thing that you had did. Alien at okay. the end. Yeah, I that, remember they still had that there. They did. Yeah, huh? They still did. It. Yeah, it was just this big shoulders piece that went over your shoulders and giant alien. Yeah, I remember that. Robe. And I did that, and it was actually really cool because I'd never done that before, and uh, and I didn't have to do anything except sort of walk around. But I all I was supposed to do is like walk towards the people because they think you're a statue, right? When they walk into the room, and all of a sudden you move and you startle them, they run down the tunnel. So I started chasing them out of the house because it was just so much goddamn fun. Like if they you just chase them right through the tunnel and out the door, and then you go go back and hide for your next uh, next scare. I just remember the time when I was. Uh I was scaring. They have the body. This is called the body bag room. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. They got body bags and everything hanging from the ceiling. Just and they had a strobe light in there, so it was really hard to see. Yeah, that was my favorite room because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would. I people were so scared. They had no idea where to go. They're screaming and crying, going along, along the wall, trying to find their way out. It was it was the funnest. <laughs> the people were getting backed up and everything because they. Cause it, People are falling down on the ground and crying, and yeah, it's that, just so fun. There was the room after the the gunshot hallway at the slaughterhouse was uh, a room with a bunch of mannequins in it, and they all had like Freddy Krueger and Jason and all these masks. And then a guy dressed as Michael Myers was actually in there, and there was it was a strobe room. So everybody goes in, they're like, "Oh, which one's real?" Right? And then oh, it's Michael Myers. Man, people would freaking like cower in the corner as you know the guy who's playing Michael Myers comes at him with the knife really slow, and he's like. Because you, you can't actually do anything to him once you get to him, so he just kind of stand there. And yeah. there. <laughs> it's like you can go now. You yeah. know, the, the, get that's out the of act. Here. Yeah. Um, oh, I I didn't let, I didn't let loose, dude. And when in that body bag room, I was just I had a little chainsaw and I was just chasing them all around there. It was it was just awesome. I actually had a time I got like, the cops called on me. Oh no shit. Um, we it was the last weekend. Of the haunted house, we usually wasn't the busiest weekend of the haunted house. It usually was kind of laid back, not a lot of people there. Um, me and Brian at the time were doing our comic book publishing, and uh, we did a show called the Fanfare, and uh, we were doing that show during the weekend. Well, it was the last day, and they stayed open extra for Halloween because it was on the thirty first and it was on a Sunday, so they actually stayed open on a Sunday, and we had the party afterwards. So I figured. Get done with the show, get back to home, go to the, the after party mm-hmm. and hang out with them. Well, I got there a little early. So I get there and I'm like, huh, you guys are still open, huh? They're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, go put a costume on. Go scare some people. There ain't many people in the, in the maze, but have fun. I'm like, I don't need a costume. <laughs> they're like, they're like, are you sure? I'm like, I don't need a costume. Just give me a machete. And we actually had some real machetes. Mm-hmm. They were actually sharp. And so I remember coming around the corner, and there's this couple. It was a guy and a girl, and they couldn't find their way out, and they're freaking out. And I turn around, and I come up, and I just, I'm wearing basic clothes, 
uh, you know, blue jeans, a leather, a Harley jacket, and I got a machete and I sprinkled some blood on my face. And I said, I'm walking up to him like, how you doing? <laughs> and they were like, oh, oh, um, um, are you one of the monsters? And I'm like, I'm a different kind of monster. And they were like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm like, I'm not the kind of here to scare you. I'm here to kind of kill you. And they're like, I quit joking around, quit joking around. And her boyfriend's like, hey, he's just joking around. He, that's just part of his gig, you know, but he's not wearing a costume. But, but it's probably, you know, that's the way to get, get at you. I'm like, I don't need a costume during the holiday weekends. I can kill people and get away with it. And they were like, this is not, this is starting to get a little freaked out. And I turn around and put, I hold up the machete and they're like, see, that machete is just rubber. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not rubber at all. And they're like, yeah, right. That's a fake machete. And I swung it, cut a bunch of corn in half. And I mean, cut it in half. Yeah. They were like, that's a real machete. I'm like, I told you, I don't come in here to play. I come in here to take your lives. <laughs> and they started freaking out and they ran. They ran. They started running. She dropped her glove. Like a classic horror film. She dropped her glove on the ground. <laughs> she goes, Where's my gloves at? Where's my gloves at? They turn around and I'm standing on her gloves. And I go, Do you want your gloves, sweetheart? Come here. We can play. And then the boyfriend's like, Look up, look up. I'm like, There's no reason to look up when your head's going to be on the ground. Oh, shit. And they turn around and they freaked out and they ran two different directions. Before I know it, they called the cops when they got out of the cornfield. Oh, shit. You the, split them up, man. Yeah, <laughs> the cops The cops actually showed up to the place. And they were like, uh, there's an actual report of a killer in this corn maze. And they are like, who did the guy look like? They described, the girl described, oh, that's just Chad. He works here. Yeah. <laughs> we thought he was real. I actually got in kind of trouble for that by the people that ran it. They're like, Chad, you can't go that drastic. I'm like, yeah, but how many Emmys we could win on this? Yeah. Come on, now let's do it. Yeah, you have to wear a costume from now on, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> no more civilian clothes. Um, well, I, I actually kind of want to mention you guys uh, 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 did a comic book uh, publishing uh, thing because uh, just so just so we have the trajectory of this kind of worked out. I want to I do want to talk about Geekipedia and how you guys started that and all that kind of stuff eventually, but we don't need to get to that now. Before that, I do want to talk more about you guys. We talked about the haunted house stuff a little bit, um, and then you mentioned that you guys uh, did comic book. You, you, was it publishing or how exactly did we, that work? We created and published. We created yeah. and published. Okay. We were called uh, DM Comics. Okay, and uh, so tell tell us about that. Well, uh, originally, well, me and Chad are just huge comic book fans for a very long time. Like that's basically how we ended up hanging out, and uh, we're we're both artists, and you know, just years gone by, and we're just like Chad started making his own comic books with Rob. The, Creator of uh, the Creeping Cast, which is who he does the costumes with up on stage. Okay. Um, and they did this comic book called American Bloodlust. And tell them your story for the first time behind the t- behind the table that you're at the Comic Con. Oh, God. I'm not a person that really – I mean, until I started doing a lot of this stuff more and more, I hated being around people and, like, mm-hmm. being in front of a camera or doing stuff of that sort. So I just kind of had a, a general fear of it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, before my first time sitting behind the table, we used to do these um, our own kind of radio show. It was like a YouTube-type radio show that we did out in my buddy Rob's garage. Um, every time the camera got put on me, I couldn't say shit. Oh, he's, he's huge camera. Uh, I was so camera shy. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, no, Chad, you're actually supposed to be running this. Fuck you. I'm not saying shit. I mean, it freaked me out. 
And then um, the first show came about. I, I don't know if it was just nerves being camera shy, sitting behind it. I would say the first, I don't know, two hours of the show, I couldn't, I couldn't say a word. I was just like this with a big shitting grin on my face, staring the whole time, looking back and forth, looking back and forth. And Rob's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. He goes, are you, are you seriously? Are you okay? I'm like, this is my first time doing this. I mean, I've been going to this comic book convention for 20-something years. I've never been on the side of the table. Mm-hmm. I'm freaking out. Rob's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'll be back. I'll be right back. And it took pretty much that whole first day of the convention before I got over it. And that was the day that completely flipped me. Uh, so it was, you couldn't get me to shut up after that. It was like, talk to anybody, talk to everybody. And then that was in that first weekend, Brian came about and he really liked what we were doing. He hung out with us the majority of the time. And he's like, I really want to do this. I'm like, all right, well. If you want to do this, this is what we have to do. This is how we have to do it. I don't want to hear no bitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really inspired me to jump on the bandwagon, so I did. And so had DM actually been started at that point with you and Rob? Or yeah, it was, was me and Rob. Okay, so that was the genesis. We, and then you joined I, up. I mean, I was there for the whole time. Like mm-hmm. I helped come up with the name and everything, but mm-hmm. I just wasn't doing any of the comic books. So. Yeah, he, oh, okay. I kept dragging him along. You know, just show him what we were doing. It'd be fun because it was kind of something that me and him did for years before, way before. Like a lot of his characters that we created for my comic book, um, American Bloodlust, were characters that me and him generally created years ago. Mm. Me and Rob got to know for each a movie other. movie script that we were making. Oh, okay. So me and Rob got to know each other. And as me and Rob got to know each other, we worked at the same place and we worked both midnights. Mm-hmm. So, and I lived with him for six months. So he started looking into what we did and the story ideas that we had, and he really liked it. So he wanted to create a story, a short story, and draw it out of our, out of my stuff. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm kind of into you doing it. I really, I, you know, don't get me wrong, I like you doing it, but it's my stuff, mm-hmm. and I want to have some more say in this." And so me and him started going back and forth. It took a couple of years for us to get our first book out because we were just doing it bit by bit. And then it was so gory and such a horror-style driven book that Rob freaked out for a while. He's like, I've never done this kind of shit before. Hmm. So that's all I can think about is murdering people right now. <laughs> and I'm like, and so he had to take a long break on it. But we got back to it and we ended up creating the first issue. And it was our first time putting it out there. And it was a blast. Before you know it, we had a whole crew yeah. traveling everywhere. Wow. We had uh, how many different titles we had? Was it five? We had five titles, yeah. F- yeah, we had five titles. We've published um, 11 books total. Uh, one was called Ramen, which was a comedy book done by Rob. We had American Bloodlust, which was uh, created and uh, written and colored by Chad. And then Rob did the art and some coloring. He did some writing, too. He did some writing, too. Um, we had uh, True Power, which was created by Chad and me. Um, we both wrote it. I drew it, and then Chad colored and inked it. Um, then we had another book called Detective Casey's Mythos. Which was based off of like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's um, stories and stuff like that. That was drawn by Noah and Noah Graham and uh, written by. Um, oh, I can't think of his name right now. I got Joe. For, yeah, Joe, Joe. Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, I forgot his last name at this moment. But uh, um, what else? We had one more. We had one more book in the works that never got. Yeah. Pushed. Oh yeah, yeah. We were in the works of another book and having an idea with that, and it never got pushed. So, but our original True Power, we 
our first issue that we published, we were not happy with it. Mm-hmm. It came out blurry. It came. It just the colors didn't look right. Just the printing in general, we were not happy with it. We sold it. You know, we even got it CGC'd. <laughs> so that's fucking cool. CGC'd. Uh, it's a comic book grading system. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Um, which our comic books are signed by us, and they're in, they're sealed inside of a comic. Like they'll never degrade. Okay. Basically, okay. yeah, mine will. I dropped it and it cracked. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so that was a pretty cool moment for us. Yeah. Um, legit. But we just were not happy with the comic books, so we actually decided let's just redo this whole thing. So Chad literally stripped it down all the way down to um. The inkings. Yeah. And he recolored the entire thing. We rewrote the entire thing, added more pages. I even drew more pages for it. Um, And it turned out really pretty badass. I was pretty happy with it. We we weren't happy in the first one in the first place because we were excited to get a book out. And we did a complete 16-page book within six months. Wow. Yeah. So And just us two. It's just everything that we've done was just us and that's it. How do you go about that though? Like, where do you get the materials for that? And how is like the, is it all like digital, uh, you know, design sort of stuff? Or uh, you actually, beforehand, we did everything on, on, uh, 11 by 17, uh, cardboard boards. that normal comic book people use. Mm-hmm. But nowadays it's mostly digital. We got that upgrade later on. Yeah. We got the upgrade and never used it for comic books. Uh, <laughs> well, we, we did, but that was the one that we were working on that never came that, out. That never came out. Yeah. yeah. No, well, that, that was, we started that with pencil and paper. And it wasn't until about three quarters of the way through that project, then we got the digital to start doing that. Yeah, and it never—that was a big issue and a lot of bullshit. So that was at the point where me, Brian, and even Rob all decided to walk away from it. Really? Yeah. I mean, Rob wasn't part of the big project that me and him were doing. We had two other artists that was joined with us, plus the co-writer Joseph, which was helping us because me and Brian wrote a thirty-two-page comic book. In one weekend and had this whole thing fleshed out. And then we had a ghostwriter come behind us and rework it and do editing for us on it. Um, we put this, we literally did this whole comic book with, I was told it was supposed to be for a movie that was being filmed in Michigan mm-hmm. and Detroit. And Detroit. And I was told that he had a whole script for the film and he had a script for this book to be. A, a a general script for this book to be done. Mm-hmm. Well, once everything got the in hand and I was given the material, I was given a script. In this script, it had literally three, and I mean three half line, maybe half page sections in a, of a backstory. Oh, so it was an outline, basically. It was basically a... It was just one, three little spots of a background of all these characters. Of all oh. these characters. And, 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 and he's like, that's what I want. So not right even there. story then. There's not no. even a story. He had a whole story for what he had as a futuristic bit to his story, but he wanted us to do a prequel uh-huh. based on it, and the only bit that we had was that little bit to work on. So we literally wrote the origin story basically for this movie mm-hmm. through our for our comic book of these characters, of this guy's characters, because he didn't have any of it written down, no material. That must have been kind of, in a way, I mean, you get the thing and you're like, what the fuck? But then you're like, well, if, if this is all we have to work with, we can do pretty much whatever we want then. So then we that did. That's makes basically it easier, what we did. You know? We just, we did what we wanted until we got to a certain point mm-hmm. that was on the on the script. And then we did what we want. And then we got to another point of the script. And But we did basically three stories and one book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there were three short stories that worked into each book. But they all kind of work simultaneously with each other. Um, issue was is that 
see, we have freedom, but the thing that scares me the most when doing that kind of thing is, is that we might have the freedom, but the real say is going to be by the guy. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we put that that script in front of him, you, you know, he could turn around and say, I don't like any of this. Rewrite it. Mm-hmm. You know, and at this point in time, he's wanting to get this book out within, what was it, four months of us creating this. So we already jumped ahead and started getting the artwork done because mm-hmm. we had three different artists. Brian was an artist. We had Noah Graham was an artist, and I was an artist in the book. So we, I, I had to set back and not do my artwork first because I had to make sure the changes were being taken care of and that these guys were informed right away to be able to make those changes while they're on the fly doing this stuff because we haven't handed the script into him yet. Mm-hmm. We only had a limited amount of time. So he only red flagged us on a couple things on the script. And it was literally a switch of words. Oh. <laughs> so we switched those words around, had it rewrote that way, and we continued doing what we were doing to get it done. The problem was is that we had the issue was is that we kept getting pushed back. So we were three-quarters away. I was about three-quarters away done with – I would say about halfway done with my part of the art. And we're working into getting his inked, colored – and Noah Graham was getting his worked in and mm-hmm. to get it start colored. Mm-hmm. So we were working into this. But then he turned around. We were supposed to get money coming in. And now we've got a lot of freelance artists working with us. They're not getting money. They're not getting happy. Right. And he keeps pushing us back, keeps pushing us back, keeps pushing us back, keeps pushing us back. All of a sudden, two years go by. Holy shit. And we're like, I'm, I was done We with just kind of just left it. We're like, we just. The, the artists. We're, we're Noah, done with this. Noah was like, nope, can't have my art anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, fucking two years of oh yeah, just to, uh, just this, just change this, right? Just yeah. oh, just change this, go yeah. back and do that, man. That that's well. So how long did DM last in total? Like how many years was it? Well, um, we lasted almost seven. years. Yeah, like seven years. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, one time we threw a party. It was pretty awesome. It was five bucks to get in, but it was all the food and beer you can eat and drink, mm-hmm. and uh, we had we there. had three bands playing and it was badass yeah close to 200 people came. yeah we had to sit down people were buying our comic books we were signing them and shit it was it was so much fun where was that at uh at rob's house actually his house is the main place to have parties because he has a huge yard and literally you can park all he's got this big backfield you can park all the cars back there and the cops can drive by and never know what party's going on uh, You'll never see anybody out front. Does he live kind of back. off a dirt road? I want to say like nine mile or something like no, that. No, he lives oh, off so, of Fieldcrest. Fieldcrest, right there, uh, in Green Oak, right next to twenty three. Oh, okay, or Green. Uh, I'm thinking of somebody else because I was like, it's, we've been talking about him quite a bit. Yeah, and I was, and I I know his name definitely. I've definitely heard his name, but I, yeah, I'm thinking of somebody else. So anyway, um, why don't you tell Brian the story behind the name DM? You told me that when I saw you a couple of weeks ago. Why don't you tell that? Because that's pretty interesting. Okay, uh, Chad was telling me that about this. I think it was a guy at work or something. And Chad was either talking about something or showing him something. I don't remember, but he he said, "Man, you got a decayed mind." <laughs> and then Chad liked it, you know. So he told me about it. And then uh, when we were trying to decide, when we were we actually wrote a script for a short film. When we were trying to try and decide what name we wanted to use for a production company, mm-hmm. we just, we couldn't come up with something. So then I was like, one day I was just like, "Decayed mind, decayed minds." I'm like, "That'd be pretty fucking cool." So I told Chad about it, and I'm like, how about this? And he's like, yeah, man, that's awesome. So that was our original plan for our production company, and then that kind of just got set back. And then they went into the comic books, and then he just, would just use the same name. Mm-hmm. I just revived the name because it was there and it had to, you know, it was coming. I mean, me and him came up with the idea. When we spelt it, it was Minds with a Z. Oh, okay. 
And actually, when we came back to bring that alight, it was me, Brian, and Rob saying, hanging out in uh, Rob's garage. And I was making walls. I was making these dummy walls because uh, me and Rob started a Halloween party. And um, I was making some dummy walls for him to set up a stage for him so it looked like a Halloween setup for his band to play. Uh. And this was before this was before um, uh, uh, Dead by Design. This is before Creeping Chaos. He had a band called Oh No, and they broke up. So just kind of him doing music with some other just people he's known over time. So we did this whole setup, and we're hanging out back there, and um, um, me and Brian were talking about. I was going back and forth with Brian about Decayed Minds, see if it would be okay if I used it to put it into that. So I wrote it on the back of the of one of the dummy walls. And I, that's how I introduced it to Rob. Mm-hmm. And Rob's like, oh, I really like this. This is awesome. So that's actually how we all come to agreement to use it. Cause I just didn't want to take off with it. It was an yeah. idea that me and Rob or me and Brian had. And I wanted to throw it out there. But then later on, I changed it. I got rid of the Z. I put an S. And then I got rid of the K Mines. And I just put it as DM. Uh, yeah. Well, so it was seven years you guys, you guys did that then. So are you, do you still draw or do comic book stuff at all just on just for fun or, you know? Um, I, st- I still do art, but in a different way at this moment. Um, I, I, I play this game called Warhammer 40K and Warhammer Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, they're basically you, you buy models, you build them, and then you paint them yourself. And it's somebody's army versus somebody else's army. But I really enjoy the painting of it. And uh, back in the past, when uh, before all of this, I did uh, a buddy of mine taught me how to paint. Uh, these models and so i started to paint them and the one time i entered into a uh painting contest for large monster or whatever i won first place uh, that was my first time so that was pretty cool you remember that, that you're yeah. there and uh but then i just kind of got out of it i didn't really paint that much and you know just years gone by then we did all this stuff and everything and then just right now i'm for the past year i've been really into back into painting it and uh i they look pretty fucking sick, to be honest. But mm-hmm. um, I, I went to go enter into a painting contest for the first time since my last. Um, but I was a day short because on the on the thing it said Friday noon to Saturday five p.m. Mm-hmm. Well, I work all day Friday, so I'm uh, like, okay, I'll just go there Saturday and turn it in. I go there on Saturday, and he's like, no, dude, he's like, the date was noon on Friday to turn it in. I'm like. Yeah, I can't do that, man. I'm working. <laughs> so that kind of sucked. But I, Fucking day jobs. He still took pictures of it, though, and, and put it up on his page and everything at the Warhammer store in Ann Arbor. Um, but that's that's where the most of my art goes into right now. It actually takes a lot involved. Like one model I did was, you know, this somewhat big, like 12 inches. Yeah, yeah. And uh, It's an art form in itself, right? Yeah. And uh, that, that took 37 hours to paint. Wow. So... Well, so do, I mean, you guys. What about you, Chad? Before I move on, like, have you have you been doing anything lately? Um, yeah, actually, I have. Um, like I said, we got into digital, and I fucking love digital work. I mean, I can do whatever I want to, whenever I want to, how I want to do it, and it's just amazing. And even though it costs a lot of money right off the bat to get, it's awesome in the long run because it saves you a lot of money in the long run, right? Um, the only cost that it had is I had to get a new laptop. <laughs> I mean, it's actually cheaper to get a newer laptop than it is to buy supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I actually was sitting there and 
everything was set in what I considered my dungeon. Everything was sitting there, and it's just getting dusty as fuck. And I'm like, man, I got all this money invested into this shit and all this stuff going on. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I mean, I'm itching to do some artwork. I'm itching to do something by myself. And um, one thing I've always wanted to do, because there's a lot of comic book artists out there that would inspire me, like Mike Manola of Hellboy and different characters of that sort. Um, and... I've always loved that. I've been, I mean, obviously, if you haven't realized, I'm a huge horror fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, he's not. Just all of his movies are horror. Yeah, every <laughs> single movie I pretty much own is horror. <laughs> so I am a huge H.P. Lovecraft fan. Um, I love H.P. Lovecraft. I've grew up on Cthulhu and um, all the different stories he's done, hundreds of different stories. Uh, the Reanimator is one of my favorite horror films. And being a a public domain being something that you can actually use because he wrote his stuff between the late 1800s and the early 1900s. Right. And he wasn't really successful in his life. Either. No, he wasn't. He, yeah. And and he was amazing what he did though. Mm-hmm. And he's basically the reason why our horror is what horror is now. I mean, he brought horror to light and mm-hmm. he, he created American horror, the werewolves and all that stuff and everything else that they wouldn't exist if it wasn't for him. Mm-hmm. He brought those to us. So, I've always wanted to create a t-shirt company. So I've been actually doing, I've um, I've been working, almost done with 30 designs based on HP Lovecraftsy World. 30? 30 designs. Wow. And um, I have everything ready, set to go. I have a website built. I have everything ready to go just to hit the go button. I just have to do the crowdfunding to get the money to do it. Uh, it's one of those things I don't want to pay out of my pocket. Uh-huh. I want to do something. So I actually have a person right now that's helping me out with a Kickstarter and a different couple of crowdfunding deals um, to get that going. I was hoping to get it started in more of the June range, mm-hmm. or late late uh, late June, early July. But with work and life and all that, it's kind of kept pushing it back, pushing it back. Um, had a few people that were going to um, be invest into it and that stuff, but that fell through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just the normal, typical bullshit. But I've been designing these shirts and putting them together and have been having a blast doing that. So, And, and work always gets in the way with everything, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you got to pay the bills, right? <laughs> yeah. got to have some stable, you know. That's, uh, why, that's why I'm hoping with the T-shirt company. I mean. That's I, the thing, right? You want you want something to take off so you can, you know, right, pay the right. bills doing something that you, you actually, quote, unquote, enjoy. But, uh, you know, what what do you guys do for day jobs real quick? Uh, I work at a steel factory uh, um, called Combined Metals in Ann Arbor. We actually slit steel coils down to smaller sizes for stamping companies. Okay. I'm a, um, uh, what would you consider it, a shipping coordinator for Aetna Supplies in Wixom. Oh, okay. So I do the uh, the shipping aspects and uh, running people around tired all day including myself <laughs> I, dr- I drive the hilo mostly most of the day like it's kind of like my job but they're like thirty-seven thousand, thirty-eight thousand pound coils so got all some right. big hilos yeah um let's talk about geekipedia um so tell me the story of of that how did that come about and uh and how did you guys end up in Studio One at this very local location. Well, well, it all takes place back in the day. This place called Redford, Michigan. Yeah. And it started out with a show that we were introduced on because of our comic books. Because um, of DM. Yep. yep. Um, Cave Radio. Oh. Um, when they were in a basement mm-hmm. before they got a studio and before they became popular. We were actually one of the first 10 shows. Oh, really? Huh. So we went down there and had an interview. 
um, with uh, Eric and Hot Lisa, their show that they had back in the day, and did an interview with them and had a blast talking about our comic books and the yep. convention that we were going to be at and um, doing a you know just a blast and. Eric really liked what we had to offer, so they offered us a show to put a show on there. Yeah. And uh, we had a blast there for several months. The show was called Comic Book Love with DM Comics. Comic Book Love with, with DM, DM Comics. Comics. Yeah. Cool. And we were more raunchier than we were. Well, no, actually, we weren't. Like, Geekypedia is <laughs> more raunchier than that. <laughs> no, we were actually pretty toned back. I had fun, talked about comic books. We just talked yeah. really. Noah Graham, the artist that we worked with, was one of our, 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 our buddies, our co-host. Our co-hosts, yeah. Um, that was a really good time. We met, uh, uh, we met, um, this small guy from, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. What's his name? Martin, Martin Kaleba? Martin Kaleba. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. met that dude. It was pretty cool. He was on our he show. He was on our show. Uh, yeah, a bunch of people on our show. Just, you know, some namesakes here and there and other people from other shows. And yeah. We did some benefits with them. That was fun. And then, um, we just got kind of tired of it. You know, just directions. Life just started pulling us in different directions. So yeah. we, we walked away from that one. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I actually started hanging out with a person that was a um, what you considered she uh, was a reviewer for a comic book site called Comic Book One, Comic Book News, Comic Book One News, um, and her name was Jez, and we were she was talking about the radio show and everything else, and she's like, well, you know, Detroit Pod Podcast Detroit's got some stuff going on there, and yeah, we went to the Comic Con and she was interviewing us there at the Comic Con. Oh, okay. she interviewed yeah. us a little bit there, just kind of. I mean, it was kind of a weird interview to if he asked me because yeah. we were completely done with everything at that point in time. Yeah, but we just kind of fell in with it, and I came up with the idea for the name Geekopedia because I always loved the idea. I love that name, I mean, Geekopedia. We are the guys that give you the news, talk about it, and whatever, whatever geeks you, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, well, where he did that was normally we had like a, a page on on Facebook. And then he just changed the name to Geekipedia, and I'm like, "That's that's pretty fucking cool. I like that." You yeah, know? it was so, it was our, it was it our, our comic book love. Yeah, so we changed it, changed the comic book love to Geekipedia. Oh, okay. So I just kind of ran with it. I was like, "Geekipedia sounds great. I've never seen anybody use that." So I actually put that in for trademarks and uh. started working with it that way. And I was just, we turned it into a show, and it was. I would consider our show a really fun hot mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a hot mess. I mean, well, you guys got—I I noticed your your listen, your your show's listens. At least I want to say it must have been SoundCloud is where I was listening to it. But you guys would get a couple hundred, you know, per show, and that's pretty good for this uh, for for this medium here. You know, what I mean, yeah. in studio, yeah. and like my show averages about like sixty to. I think the most I, views I have is like close to two hundred. So, so I that think, I think our highest was close to a thousand. Yeah, so consistently it was, was close to a thousand. One of our highest. Yeah, so to have that consistently is 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 good. That's a good. Uh, well, we were a, a hot mess, record. man. I mean, uh, it was a blast. true. We, we were drunken all the time. <laughs> we talked about anything and everything, and what geeked you? We motherfucked anybody we could motherfuck. Yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> well, it was great. When we got offered the our radio show here uh-huh. was. Uh, we were like, you know, you know, you want to do it? And we're like, because we already did it once before. And we're like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. And they're like, what, what name should we use? And I'm like, we're, we both agreed on like, Geekopedia. Geekopedia man. Yeah, it's, of course. It's, it's You've already got the hook, which yeah, is fuck what it. geeks you. Yeah, so. I mean, Comic Book Love with DM Comics kind of left us with just talking about comic book shit. Right. And stuff like that, where Geekopedia is what geeks you. It could be guns. It could be 
anything. Women's panties. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it, we had an episode about women's panties. Yeah, oh yeah. We yeah, always, that was like was, an, a running joke, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> like, women's <laughs> panties, and, and then the other one was the word moist. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Jessica hated that word. Yeah, <laughs> she did. So we always tried to put the word moist in uh, anything yeah. we said. I mean, man, Jesus Christ, it's really moist in here. I mean, Jesus, turn the air conditioning on, you know? Yeah. It was always that way. We loved that show. I mean, we had to walk away from that uh, just because, again, life again going into it. But it's still something that always in the back of my mind. I mean, if we could create our own, you know, and just do it ourselves and mm-hmm. put it out there and just start doing episodes, I would love to do that. I would love to do something like that down the road where we're not having to work with a studio. It's just us. Mm-hmm. And put our names out. I mean, we already got a pretty good name out there for that time and point. So might as well go out there and try to do it again just – under our own terms. Yeah, pick it up. And, Just run it through the Facebook page. Or yeah, whatever. and I and I got right. a bunch of crazy friends that loved that show as well, and they were like, what happened to it? So we had, you know, life. Life happened to it, you right, know? Right, But uh, you were actually the first person I met outside of, like, my initial group of people that I know that actually listened to our show. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was really fucking cool. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah, you were really happy when I, because well, it was when I brought up the What Geeks You thing. You're like, holy shit, you did listen to it. <laughs> yeah, it made me pretty happy. You weren't yeah. just being polite. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, well, on that note, I got to ask you guys, what's been geeking you lately? Like, what are you, if you both want to pick a topic, we can riff Porn. on that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count because he said lately. Lately. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what happens if that's really geeky me right now? <laughs> um, let's see. What's really geeky? Me? I mean, it's my painting that I talked about already. Is like I do that a lot. Um, it, you know, I I work eleven, twelve hours a day. Right. Um, not actually mostly eleven. What's you get home and you're so exhausted that you know. So there's not much time left to do. Yeah, before you, you gotta go, go out before you go stuff, to bed yeah. and stuff, so that you know, I'll, I'll start painting and, um, and then I'll watch seasons at the same time and stuff like that. But you know, this is this is starting to sound really sad. It's like, yeah, we're just old. We <laughs> <laughs> ain't got fucking shit to do because we worked yeah. seventy five so, hours a day. For the most part, I mean, I and I play with my buddies and stuff like that. The Warhammer game on the weekends sometimes, and, and that's. Pretty much right now is what's what's geeking me. So cool. Well, you gotta you gotta have that though. Like as you just mentioned, Chad, like the whole day jobs and things like that. Like we're actually in the same industry, Brian, and and um, like I'm actually I'm fortunate enough to be at a place now where my hours are down. I'm down to forty hours a week, and because it's it's just a it's a facility that produces, and I don't have to. There's not too much overtime, but I was doing. When I listen to you guys, I was on seven days a week and it was 10 hour shifts and it just, you completely lose track of time and you have to have your sort of hobbies and the things that remind you that you're still you yeah. and not just this fucking drone, you know? <laughs> right. Well, what I realized is that as you get older, your hobbies become more your friend Yeah. because you really, everybody else that's around you, that you know, I'm 36 years old. Everybody else around you is living the same life you are. Either they have a family. I don't have a family. I don't have kids. I'm not married. Mm-hmm. So my hobbies become my kind of my friend because all your other friends, they're working as hard as you are or they're losers and ain't doing shit. And you don't want to hang out with them because they're just fucking, you know, sucking your life out of you. <laughs> that's just like that's the reason why my whole T-shirt company came about. That's what's geeking me now is that I've been behind a digital screen and I've been doing artwork and I've actually got working on open contracts right now with bands mm-hmm. and doing artwork for them. So I'm just kind of keeping my whole artwork life Alive, you know. I mean, hanging out with friends here and there is the weekend thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So look at that fucking 
both of our things that are geeking us still has to do with our art. So yeah, that, that's so pretty cool. That worked out. Well, I gotta ask the the t shirt thing too. Like I know people that actually have that as a as a even if it's just a side job, like it's totally possible to make a go of that. You know what I mean? It's t shirts. So, Everybody yeah. loves t shirts. If it's got a cool I always look at it this way. Comic books is a pain in the ass to do because the competition out there. Mm-hmm. T shirts, I don't think there's really competition in there. It's just you can put whatever the fuck you want on it and put it out there and people will buy it if it's, if it's something they can go with. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why I'm doing the subject I'm doing. Cause I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to say it out too much, but I don't see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And all I can say is, I mean, if something looks fucking cool and you're interested in that topic, people will buy it. Right. Dude, I, I have so many t-shirts compared to like my pants and, <laughs> and anything else, you know? So the thing I'm liking about this one is, is, the stress of life almost killed me with doing a lot of the comic book stuff and everything else because there was times that I didn't get stuff late to me, and I'm still having ink and color. Mm-hmm. I was up for a week straight. I had two hours of sleep for a whole week. Wow. And that was still going to work, still doing that, still going to work, still doing that, still going to work. I almost had a stroke. Yeah, no. I mean, that almost uh, fucked me that up. That will literally kill you if you don't, and, if you don't sleep. Uh, he, he had a medical problem, and a lot of it probably had a lot to do with the situation at the time. And so. so I I walked away from it. So what I'm loving about this is I'm creating something completely, and it's just me. Mm-hmm. I'm not having to have to rely on other people. I'm not having to work with other people. I'm doing it myself. And the people that I am working with right now is more and less just kind of an advice to push me in the directions that I know this about stuff I really don't know about. Mm-hmm. So... And you know, the only thing I have to do now is get the crowdfunding. Crowdfunding. I already have pre-orders that are set up, ready to go. As soon as I hit that start button, all that goes out. Right. So it's ready to go, and I can't wait to do. It. I can't wait to get it started. I can't wait to have that fun because Brian's seen my designs. He's seen the work I've done, and he I, he likes them. Um, everybody else I've shown him because I, I did just kind of a went out to pick the crowd of people, and every person in that crowd is different. You know, I I went out there and picked different people, showed them my picture. Mm-hmm. One picture that I knew that a few friends that like that really like that, and I showed it to them, and they were like, "This is going to sell. You got your new work right here." I have a girl that's into Gucci and doesn't give shit about that kind of horror stuff. Mm-hmm. She's into Gucci and all that kind of different stuff, and she she buys shoes. You know, she's one of those kind of glamour girls, you know, I showed her the pictures of my artwork and she's like, you got this. Mm-hmm. There's no one that I will buy six or seven of your shirts and I will wear them. That's a really good sign. Then I'm like, should I continue to do it? All? Cause I kept in you know, that back of your mind. Is this really worth it doing? Is it really worth doing it? Is it really yeah, worth doing it, it? Because you can show all your friends and they'll be like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Because you're your friend. You don't know, really know if they're just trying to be nice or what. I think that's, so that's why he went and showed multiple people, but you know, his horror, his horror artwork that he does is pretty fucking cool, and uh, I think it's really awesome because he was always the the, the inker mm-hmm. or the color artist for for our books and stuff like that, and he's he's an artist himself. But somebody has got to do it, and he was he was good at inking. And uh, but I really think that what he found where his his style is is horror art, so mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. What's the T-shirt uh, company called? Just so it's, it's called a Silver Key Company. A Silver Key Company. Yeah, the yeah. Silver Key. Company. The Silver Key. I was really good, originally going to call it the Silver Key T-shirt Company, mm-hmm. but I felt that would just leave it to T-shirts. And if I wanted to start putting it on other stuff later down the road, I could. So I just called the Silver Key Company, 
And the reason why I'm called the Silver Key Company because of the story through H.P. Lovecraft, the Silver Key. Oh, okay. Which is there the key go. that opened and do- unlocked the doors to all the madness in the world and brought the, you know, brought the devilish world into ours. So that's kind of how I want to open. I want to open the doors to everybody to the nightmares that uh, he's created. <laughs> so, um, and is there anywhere that people can go to like check that out? Nothing out right now. I mean, everything I'm doing right now has been. This is the first time actually I put it out. Oh, really? I mean, this is the first time I've actually talked about it publicly to anybody. Um, the only people I've really talked about is people nearest to me. Okay. And it's been an idea that I want to do. And it's really, it's the last couple of weeks, I have everything set and ready to go. Like I've been saying, it's official in my head now to to get the money and to get this started and to put it out there. And I figured this, you know, being on the radio show have been a cool idea to really put out it for the first. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Well, thank you very much, man. That's uh, I'm glad you, uh, I, I wish you the best of luck with that. I hope oh, it works out. It sounds you. like you've got uh, the, some, some good groundwork uh, laid for you and some grassroots interest. So that's, uh, that's all it takes, right? I mean, there's even pictures of mine that I'm willing to let him use to put on his shirts and shit like that too. Oh, like yeah. uh, that, that follow his, his, uh, his topics and stuff like that. So he'll, you know, on top of all the stuff he does, and if he ever asked me to do a picture, I'm more than willing to do one. Like I want, I want. There's one that I want custom that I want him to make for me, and that's a, a, a Jason Voorhees picture that I drew and he inked and colored a long time, a few years back. Uh, we actually got kicked off Facebook for sharing it because it has a nude chick on it and stuff on there. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we shared it like shirt. The shirt's awesome. <laughs> so I want that, that as a shirt, shirt. like. But we might actually have to put on some like a bikini or something. Oh, fuck that. We'll put it on as a shirt. You can wear it. Wear I don't know if I can walk around, dude. I'll be getting trouble you, you by get, you all kinds of moms. <laughs> moms give you dirty looks. Horse will give you great looks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I got to look at the good and the bad, right? But no, I, I really want that as a as a shirt. And uh, there's another werewolf picture that I have. I really want it as a shirt too. So <laughs> start making some exclusive shirts and different things of that sort. I mean, that's like my buddy's band. Um, his band Creeping Chaos is really the Crawling Chaos, which is based off H.P. Lovecraft too. Mm. He's a big fan of H.P. Lovecraft, so actually, what I'm doing out of the 30 designs I've worked on, worked on, I'm gonna do um, I'm gonna say annually or what? I'm gonna release five shirts at a time. Oh, okay. So I got the first five shirts right now, set and ready to go. Um, and each one of the five shirts is gonna be a band shirt for his band. Mm. And I have purchased a bunch of his albums. And what I'm doing is if I sell a shirt, if he, if one of his shirts sell, I give the album for free. So that's one of the, that's one of the gigs that I've got going on too as well. But I'm going to do each shirt each year. One shirt is going to be dedicated to a band or local band. So cool, man. Work with a bunch of, cause I, I've loved it. I mean, I've been, since I've been in this whole music thing with them, um, I mean, they've been getting pretty popular. Uh, I mean, they're number two in Australia right now. Hmm. And they've been all over the, they, I mean, they're starting to go national and doing some more shows outside of Michigan and all that stuff. And we did a show in, in um, um, Ohio. And man, that was a nightmare of a show. And it wasn't the show that was a nightmare, it was getting to the show was uh-huh. a nightmare. We were through a fucking heavy thunderstorm the whole three hour drive. Oh my God. I mean, you couldn't see two feet in front of you the whole way. Was it Cleveland or? It was down in, um, oh, I can't think of the name of the place right now, but it was out in fucking Pohick, Po, 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 po countryside i mean it was literally out in the middle of nowhere like this is how horror films start <laughs> yeah i was about to say plus but, it's ohio so. yeah but it turned out to be a great show i mean the, the rain went away we had a great show um the one of the bands um actually because of the rain uh opt out so uh, my buddy's band got to play for a lot longer mm. they got to actually play two sets instead of one 
Um, he rocked it out. We had a great time um, as I dressed as a, as a Cthulhu priest. So the whole built between us has been kind of cool. I mean, it's weird that people finally know I'm the monster because mm-hmm. I really don't show my face outside of the monster. I mean, I do hang out in the crowd, but I don't take the costume off in front of the crowd. Right, right. I go in a hidden room. I take the costume off. I come walking back out, and they're like, oh, it's that guy. Well, now that I've been kind of uncovered now and people know who I am, I've been face, – my, my Facebook has been lit up. Mm-hmm. People from Australia, oh, I love the monster. I get I get messages, the monster is the greatest. The monster – how do you know what the – you're from Australia. We've never done a show in Australia. <laughs> oh, I see the videos of you walking out and everything else. Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> cool. Um, well, uh, the show is called American Winer, so uh, I got to ask you guys, uh, uh, Brian and Chad, what do you guys want to whine about? Oh, shit. Got some cheese? Cheese? <laughs> yeah, put some cheese with this wine. <laughs> well, so I don't, I don't get it. I mean, we, we, what, what are we supposed to whine about? How it can up? be anything, man. It can be something fucking petty. It can be something like the, 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 the burden of existence itself. The fucking millennials. <laughs> you know, I hate to break it to you, man, but you are technically, you're 36. You're technically I'm, a millennial. I'm, I'm technically, I'm technically. They don't consider There's it. A there's a borderline. We, we are not on that borderline, yeah, actually, so I'm sorry. Actually, actually, the, 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 there's the in between. I mean, we, we had a debate about this at work because okay. there's a guy there. He's 40 years, 42 years old, and he was saying, you're a millennial. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and actually, there's the in between, and we kind of found the name for the in between is that there was the X generation. We're the why bother generation. Why bother? <laughs> and then there's the millennials, but there's that transition generation. So, so early 80s is why bother generation. Yeah, the why bother yeah. generation. <laughs> so I, it fits us perfect because I remember through school, I fucking bother about this shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, I looked it up too. Like one time I saw that it was our year and then I saw it was like a couple years after ours. So there is like a, a section in there where it's like, I think we're called something. I don't remember what it's actually called, but I don't. We're not millennials, and I'm staying with that. I'm staying with that. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be fucking put in that category, man. Cause... Well, I gotta say, like, because I am a millennial. I'm I'm 86, so I oh. well, not. I'm born in 86, uh, so uh, I'm if by your guys' uh, definition, I am an elder millennial. That's I'm I'm right at the cutoff point, right? So, um, uh, but the thing is, is like I look at you know, these kids in like, that are in their early twenties now and like teenagers who are Gen Z, the next generation after us by they're, they're not Z- definitely not Z- millennials. Zillennials, what are they called? The Zillennials? Zillennials. Is that what it is? I've just, I've always just, I've always just heard them referred to as Gen Z, which yeah. is kind of an ominous name, right? Like Gen Z, it's like, that's the last one, right? Yeah. So, it's like, but, we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I saw, um, it's, they I remember reading something when I was younger. It said, you'll know you're getting old when the things that young people are interested in literally start to piss you off. Oh, I and, feel that. And and I was – did you see Comic-Con, uh, San Diego Comic-Con happened a couple weeks ago. Did you see the trailer for the new Shazam movie? Yes. By any chance? Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Did you see the part where he's doing the, the, the backpack kid dance? I think it's called flossing. Yeah, the floss. It's just a little thing there. For some reason, that really irritated me. I was just like, "Oh, because it was such an obvious point." Like, "Hey, kids, this is the this is the dance that's that's hip with you guys right now." See, <laughs> the superhero's doing it. He's totally into it. Go spend your fucking money on this. You know? Uh, no, but, I, I can understand that though, because that's a kid, and it's yeah. a kid that's today. So that yeah. would be something that he would yeah, be dancing. But, but doesn't don't you feel like what we were popular or the things that were popular in our age made much more fucking sense versus what kids like today? Oh, you like, mean like uh, like the new dance now is that Kiki? 
where you fucking walk out and get out of your car and you do the kiki and the oh, car yeah, driving down the road. Yeah. And then your car hits a fucking tree, tree like every video. Or, ends or that fucking way. they get hit by the door or they <laughs> or jump out of the car. car they, get, they jump out of the car while just, it's going 50 just, miles an hour. It's like, this is dumb fucks. That's going to bring me to my whining. Mine is people. I fucking hate them. <laughs> Especially when I'm driving, dude. I. You know when you know you're older. What uh, grinds my when gears. you're when you're driving down the road and you can't stand people. Like uh-huh. when I was younger, like, people didn't bother me that much. But as I get older, it's like you're a fucking idiot. Just turn you use your blinker, you stupid bastard. You know, like <laughs> I think that's a common thing with everybody. Yeah, though. I, oh, definitely. That's it's, definitely it's, it's one when of the most you get, common. It's when uh, you get older. Topics. It's when you get older. You hate people because of the driving. I just hate. I just hate how everything is one directional. Everything is one directional, like cell phones, okay? Directional. The iPhone is the most ultimate phone out there. Clearly, the Samsung is a 10 times better phone than the fucking iPhone, but it's never, it's not even in the picture. Mm-hmm. It's like the iPhone is the most ultimate. So every fucking moron in the world gravitates to it. So when you turn around and you got your Samsung phone, your phone and, you know, I, I've seen this many of times. I got a Samsung phone. It's right mm-hmm. here. I'm not Samsung. I got an LG, but I got a you know an Android. I have phone. some Samsung in my pocket, but I yeah. haven't. I have an Android, so I, I I like my Android. I'm able to do better artwork. I have an iPhone for my work phone. I hooked up all my artwork, which is Adobe, which is through I have Macintosh, through iPhone, which through all that mm-hmm. works like shit. Mm-hmm. This phone fucking does what I need to do. If I'm doing a, a job for someone. And I show them through my phone the artwork, and if they don't like it, I can go right into a program and fucking change the things if they want to, save that, and be able to go home and change it on my actual. But do it on fly. I was having so much issues with the fucking piece of shit iPhone. It was unbelievable. But my issue is the one-sided shit. So, yeah, the hive mind stuff, essentially. Yeah, it's, right? it's, it's basically basically up here. So, you know, I'll be on my phone over here, and you'll, you'll, it's always this way. And it's this way with even with fucking Marvel comic books and Disney. Mm-hmm. It's like you're sitting there and you're enjoying your shit. You're doing your own thing. And a person that comes up with an iPhone, oh, you got a fucking Android? You're a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, you know, iPhones, they're God. You're like, shut the fuck up. I have dude. to say, I have an iPhone, but I don't consider it to be God or anything. It's yeah, just, it's I, just my phone. It's, it's actually three years old now. So I, uh, I just bought it. I was just, you know, it goes for don't judge a, Xbox and PlayStation. <laughs> I'm not judging it's everybody. Just, but same thing with Xbox and, and PlayStation. The war between the two consoles, and then you got people always saying the computers, the master race. Right. You know, like. It's like it's like there's always a conflict. It, it, Marvel, DC, Marvel, DC, or comic books in general. Like there's hundreds of comic book mo- games out there or ho- uh, movies, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I I actually look at all the movies and I've seen them all. I'm I'm a fan of Marvel films. I'm a fan of DC films. I'm a fan of Dark Horse films that come out or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there are a few that oh my god, this is horrible. I can't understand this movie. But a majority of them are good. I mean, you know, I really, you know, we, we always had the war on Geekipedia, DC versus the Marvel thing, and we always had that war about, you know, Marvel's better. But mm-hmm. Marvel's example of everybody leans towards that. Mm-hmm. And it's like really, I, the, the point you can't get across to them is literally every Marvel film that has come out is the same fucking Marvel film. It's literally Iron Man's first movie mm-hmm. with a different twist and a different character. And you're literally watching the same movie over and over again. Even if it's the first, second, third film of that film series, the best ones I felt were Captain America. It was actually a movie that game changed the Marvel universe. But I love the DC films as well. Everybody wants to trash us. I'm like, they're done the Man, way that the comic books were done. Man of Steel 
to, in my opinion, is one of my top five favorite films. So really, yeah. that is high praise right there. Yeah. Well, but I I completely. I, I agree in the sense that, like you were saying, like it's just it's wars between brands essentially, and it's just like you're basically arguing over what what company gets more money. It has really no bearing on your own life other than what you're consuming. You know, people people build it up into making it seem like, and again, it's like part of their identity. And this gets back to what I was talking about with the whole day job thing because people work so much nowadays that you need something, you need some sort of escape. So that escape, all of a sudden you build it up in your head as being way bigger of a deal than it actually is. Yeah. It's horrible. So, uh, especially if you're a comic book fan, like, you you know, you, uh, you've been living with that for years. Right. And then when they bring out stuff that, and it doesn't live up to your expectation. And I've been almost in fist fights and not me starting them. It was like, I like, you know, there was one time I was talking about Justice League versus Avengers. I'm like, I liked, I hated that movie when it first came out. But after I watched it for the second time, I liked it. He yeah. watched, you mean you after the third time? The third time. time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, Justice League is one of my favorite comic books of all times. And I, I, I couldn't justify to myself why this movie was so bad. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is bad. But as a comic book standard, it's great mm-hmm. because it fits with the actual comic books, the characters, everything that puts into it. And we're sitting there talking. I was talking with this person about how Justice League is good and trying to get my point out. Well, they were like, fucking Justice League sucked ass. Fucking Avengers is the best. I'm like, yeah, Avengers 1 was great. Yeah. Avengers 2 sucked. It was bad. Yes, it, did. <laughs> it was bad. And they're like, no, but this new Avengers is going to be the best. I'm like, well, yeah, it might be good. I'm not saying it's not going to be bad or good. I'm just saying it might be good. I'm going to go see it. And this motherfucker just started getting so pissed off. Well, where you don't where like was Avengers? this? This is at work. Oh, shit. You don't like <laughs> Avengers? I'm like, no, I said I like Avengers, but I was just, could, I really liked it. Just like, that movie fucking sucked. I should punch you right in your fucking face right now. I'm like, Jesus. wow, dude, relax. It's We're just, just talking about this. It's just pop this. culture, it's man. Just, I mean, <laughs> I mean, do you collect comic books? No, I don't collect comic books. Well, you don't have no room to say. Yeah. Because you don't know shit about comic okay, books. That's like the Titan the Titan preview or trailer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, it's not. It's different from what everyone was expecting. It's based off of Titans, not Teen Titans people. Get over it. Uh, Titans is when they're over. They're older. Mm-hmm. And this is when Robin be- t- does the transition. Oh, this is the cartoon, the cartoon movie, right? No, the no, show, that's that's the show that's coming out. The show that's coming out. Okay, yeah, I, I know about that, but keep going, keep going. Well, in there he says, fuck Batman. Uh, <laughs> and it's I when I heard that, I'm like, oh, that's fucking sweet. I was pretty happy because Dick Grayson is one of my favorite characters. Like, he's on par with Batman for me. Uh-huh. Chad knows this. A lot of, Everybody knows this. Um, and when I saw that, I, I instantly knew where the story was going. This is the time when Robin broke away from Batman and created Nightwing, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's when he, so in that time, he was pissed off at Batman because he treated him like shit and everything like that. So, But everyone else is just like, oh, this is Dick Grayson. He's the goody little tissue guy, blah, blah, blah. It's a read a fucking comic book. Like, Yeah, he, he doesn't normally say fuck Batman. I, I get that. He did that. say fuck Batman. He doesn't normally say that. Yeah, but he said that that story that they're basing his Titans off of, I watched the whole thing in between it, and they said in that issue where they turned around and said, where's Batman? He turned around and he actually says in the comic book, fuck Batman. Okay. Well, there you go. (laughs) So it's just like 
like I said, like once I saw that, I knew exactly where the storyline was, and I got so excited because I, I really want to see Dick Grayson become Nightwing. You were already familiar with it, right? Yeah. So, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think I understand what Brian says there. It's just like we're tired of hearing the bullshit. I just want a comic book movie that I can relate with, mm-hmm. and not a comic book movie I can't relate with. And I'm, I love the Marvel films, but I can't really relate with any of those. Mm-hmm. The only one I could say I re- could re- relate with was the first Iron Man movie and the first Captain America movie. Hmm. Those are the first because that was the new generation and the new start for it all. That was the first time I think they've actually kept right to the comic books. But when they took, they turned my favorite villain of all times into shit, which is Ultron, mm-hmm. I'm like, Ultron's not a philosopher. He's a destroyer. He says he does things without really saying anything at all except for die. Mm-hmm. Why do we have to hear him through the whole thing? And that's kind of my thing with Thanos too. When he became a philosopher, I mean, they're making all their villains philosophers. Yeah, well, that just comes because they got to fill. They got because if they didn't do that, then people would be like, "Well, what's his motivation? Why isn't he doing it? You know, what, what, what's the what's do, the? Do we seriously have to say his motivation in every scene? I agree with you, and I see, I see your point. <laughs> yeah. I see your point, but I'm just that's that's why they do it. I'm, yeah. I'm explaining like that's why they because if they don't, then they they're, they're trying to avoid the audience members who aren't familiar with with uh, with the the backstory of it. That that just show up and and watch the movie. They're gonna be going. They're gonna be confused. and They're gonna be like, "Why exactly does he? Why does he care so much about yeah, but getting the, rid of half the universe?" Yeah, but know? the the thing is, is like the backstory for like the actual comic books is not even the same thing. No, no it's not. You're right. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not. Thing. It's not yeah. the same thing. And and it, it, I, I don't get me wrong. That movie was fantastic. It was by far better than the second film. Oh yeah, yeah. I I still to me still say it's on par with the first film. Because the first film brought them together. Yeah, well, that had never been done before. The first yeah, and, film and, that and, was the fact that that worked so well. See, I, I, that's where I was gonna. I was just gonna say that what bothers me is that everyone. Like, I really, really enjoyed Infinity War. Or me too. Gauntlet or I saw. It, I saw Infinity it four War. times. I've never seen. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I, go I was going in there more than once. I haven't seen a lot of the Marvel films because I just didn't really like the characters and it didn't. But anyway. So what I really don't like is when people compare that movie with Justice League, and it's like, does do people realize that Justice League is basically like the first Avengers film, mm-hmm. not yeah. the third one? After all kinds of all the, all these other characters have movies and put into this movie, you know what I'm saying? This Justice League is basically like the first Avengers, I'll not to, the third I one. To, I have to say, as everybody's considering Justice League as a standalone movie, mm-hmm. it's not. Actually, Justice League is a third, the third part to a trilogy. That's where a lot of people are getting fucking confused with this. Oh, with Man of Steel. Man Batman of Steel was, was part yeah. one. Batman v Superman was part two. Justice League was part three. Mm-hmm. This is actually a trilogy that creates that that comes to bringing the Justice League together. Mm-hmm. This is what that was meant to be. It wasn't these. None of these films were meant to be a standalone. That's why there was a lot of connection, and you seeing the scenes and backups of every single film that came yeah, out. And it, and it, and it's throughout the entire film, mm-hmm. not just Marvel movie, very end, last two minutes, connecting to two movies together. You know what I'm saying? It's literally, right. the entire movie is literally, literally intertwined. Okay. So the whole story is, I mean. Well, uh, guys, it's uh, it's it's uh, 8 o'clock, so we got to wrap this up here. Woo! But uh, time flies. Yeah, it does. But Fuck the, you, time. Thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on. Uh, it's been great talking with you. And, um, you know, Good luck in your endeavors, Chad. Your T-shirt uh, you. uh, company, Brian, with your painting of your, your Warhammer you. figures, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you again. So, yeah. so uh, good luck with your radio show. Yeah. Oh, thank you very yeah. much. It's awesome to have you 
have us as the inspiration, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, made me happy, man. So. Well, like I said, full circle. So here we are. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so I will be back. Uh, um, uh, actually, I'm going to be taking a couple weeks off, but I will be back. Uh, I have my next guest lined up, and uh, and I will talk to you guys then. It'll be probably the end of the month. So uh, uh, this has been American Winer on PodcastDetroit.com.